You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. With me this evening is that Takes with Jake. Uh, Jake Patterson, what's up? That's me. No, I'm, I'm good. No complaints. I missed last week, so I'm ready to hop on the pod. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, no, good, good to have you back. We, yeah, it was it was fun. We did our hot bowl spicy takes last week. Um, we thought we'd wrap up this series that we're doing, looking into the future, trying to project the 2022 ADP across each position group. We've done QBs, running backs, wide receivers. You've missed those shows. Go back and listen to those. But tonight, the ever-fascinating tight end group, Jake. We're, we're finally here. This is what everyone wants to hear. Oh, I, I love me a tight end. <laughs> me too, my friend. Me too. Um, so, um, what, what, the, one thing we haven't really talked about too much, but you and Will are in quite a few two tight end leagues, and, and I'm, in, I'm in a handful of them. And um, th- th- I-, I think those leagues make these tight ends more interesting on the, on the back end. Of, but like, especially in every other league, like the, the elite guys are just so valuable. We just saw how clearly how valuable they were. I feel like looking back at my championships last year, Jake, I had like a Kelsey or a Darren Waller on all of those teams, you know, but, but one, one I can remember, I didn't have a good tight end, but the other ones I did. So it's just so important. I love that you're bringing up two tight end leagues because they do not get enough uh, talk in the fantasy community at all. And uh, I feel like if you're not in a two tight end league, you should definitely try it out. Um, I don't think any tight end premium is really a real tight end premium other than two tight end leagues. Um, Then you get like the true value out of tight ends in my mind. Um, It's kind of, it's a relatively boring position. So I understand why you might not want to um, starting 24 tight ends in a league. If it's a 12 team league that can get pretty (laughs) tough. Right. But yeah, it makes those top end guys, like you said, just that much more valuable. Um, If they were valuable in a single tight end league and they were just based on like how big of a difference maker they could be. um, Just imagine a two tight end league. Yeah. One hot take that I've had this off season. I think I made a Twitter post right at, right around the rookie draft time was, uh, Kyle Pitts, who is a oh, spoiler alert here, is my tight end one right now. Shocker. In 2022 and beyond. Um, I don't see anyone surpassing him anytime soon. He is my 102 in a tight end, a two tight end league. Wow. Super flex. So I would pick Patrick Mahomes first overall. I don't think there's really any format other than like a one QB league that. I don't think there's any super flex league that I could not take Patrick Mahomes 101 just because he's that right. much of a superstar. doesn't need much explanation. Absolutely. But in a, in a two tight end league, especially with a little premium on top, I want Kyle Pitts there over every other quarterback, over every wide receiver, over every running back. Give me that yeah. generational unicorn. Like we said, Kyle Pitts. I think it's fair. I think, I think it's fair. I mean, you've, you've got a, it's not, it's not even hard to make that argument, right. For, for Kyle Pitts, just because of the, the potential that he has, the talent that he has, I can't wait to see it here as the season is about to begin to see how he's used in Atlanta, how his career starts out. Um, and, and yeah, it's kind of interesting because I feel that it's gotten trendy, at least in like the redraft um, community, Jake, to, with Kyle Pitts, so we might as well start 
talking about him because he's number one on for both of us, obviously. Um, it's kind of kind of trendy now, Jake, to kind of downplay what he can do. It's like, oh, you know, like you don't want to reach for Kyle Pitts in redraft leagues. That's a mistake. You want to make sure you take, you know, at least the first t- five tight ends before you touch Pitts because you're drafting his upside. You know, the best you can hope to get is his ceiling. And I, you know, I, I just feel like that's, you know, a lot of analysts I respect have that point of view. I, but I, I just think that's so, um, I don't know. Like, like you've, you've got to inside the box. Yeah. I think inside the box, you've got to think progressively and outside of the box. We talk about that all the time where you, you don't want to initially look at last year's box scores and, and, you know, value guys based on what they did last year, or the year before you got to look into the future. Um, and that's where you get value in the edges in this, where you can see that and, you know, trade for the guy before he booms. Right. Um, and, and Kyle Pitts, I think is just, you know, like it's not going to get cheaper than, than he is now, even if he does, doesn't have the, best year in the world i think um and because i just think he's that big of a difference maker jake i'm, I'm with you if, you know i just think he's so he's he's gonna have he's, he's just so talented he just has all these things that no one else has ever had before going into this position as a rookie tight end so man yeah yeah he's a he's definitely not cheap on like a dynasty perspective but for good reason like i think he's yeah. still cheap in regards to what his true value is or could be right like he's just that generational and that young that it's he's worth every ounce of value that he might have right now as a rookie um the the whole oh avoid rookie tight ends like you just can't do that like history dictates this history is mystery like kyle pitts isn't a tight end like he is a an offensive weapon like he is the like there's other terms other than tight end that could be used for Kyle Pitts to describe him. Um, tight end is doing him a disservice. Like he is just such a, a weapon on the field that like I, it's, I'm getting scrambled with my words here, but he could have come out as a wide receiver, right? Like that was such yeah. a topic of conversation at the time. And now, now that he's a tight end, I, like throw that out the window, right? Like, I think with, they traded Julio Jones after bringing him in. Like, I don't think they are going right. to use him strictly as like a typical rookie tight end and ease him in. Like I think uh, so it was a big disappointment to me that I had to miss the hot spicy bold take show because like that is such a famous fantasy Joe podcast. Um, What? And I was quickly looking in my heat stroked mind because I was working the reason I couldn't make it. I don't know if it was mentioned or not, but I pushed carts at Costco and it was pretty much a 45 degree Celsius day, which is, I want to say like 110 Fahrenheit or yeah, something. That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy eight, eight hour, like a crazy shift pushing carts. And I was just uh, extremely disoriented coming back. But so I couldn't really get my takes too, too much underway and just communicating and everything was, it was going to be tough for me, but um, with some time to think about it, uh, Kyle Pitts as a tight end one this year as a rookie tight end is probably like, just like super hot of a take with, like what Travis Kelsey did this year, what Darren Waller could like could do, et cetera, et cetera. But my hot take for Kyle Pitts this year is he leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know if where you wouldn't be to assign a heat level or. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I, I already know it's the Carolina Reaper. Um, and, I, and I know Will would probably say I'm out of my mind, but I'm just like, the fact that that is in his range of outcomes. Right. So yeah. I don't actually think it is Carolina Reaper. I think it's hot. Maybe, maybe hopping because I, because I can see that though. I think, I think yeah, no, a, I, I agree with you. Yeah, he's got I a decent chance at it actually. Um, that's, 
you know, how excited I am about Pitts too. The more and more I think about it, I just, I've got my redraft uh, drafts this weekend and, and this will come out. Will this come out? Will it be come out before one of the drafts, but that's okay. I'll, I'll say it anyway. Uh, you, you know, I'm okay, you know, reaching for Pitts a little bit in my redraft leagues. You know, I'll, I'll you know, I, probably after those top three, cause I don't think you have to draft him before uh, George Kittle necessarily, but you know, after Kelsey Waller and Kittle go off, man, if I'm looking for a tight end, I'm going to be aggressive if I can to get pits. I mean, I, that's, I, I just, I think it's worth it. And I don't think you even have to in redraft leagues, but if you really want to get them, you know, so. This, uh, I don't think Pitts needed this much conversation for tight end one, but he definitely deserved <laughs> it. So. Well, he's fun to talk about. He's more fun to talk yeah. about than some of these other guys. Uh, I think, I think the point is, and I remember Speaking of, yes, he's expensive to get in dynasty leagues, but I remember us talking about Jake. Uh, I, I don't know if I was talking about this with, with Trey or, or Will several years ago. I think it was Kyler Murray's rookie season. And we talked about, you know, this is going to be the cheapest you're going to be able to get this guy for a long, long time. And that is proven to be true. You know, he's one of the elite assets, the QB position in Superflex League. So, yeah, I, I just think, I think Pitts can go up. <laughs> you know, he can, he can go up. So, um, let's not forget that. Okay. Um, number two, your number, number two is probably more interesting than my number two. So you want to share it? Yeah, I went, uh, probably a bit off the board and I selected a Noah Fant. Um, yeah. so we're talking about July DLF ADP or <laughs> it's funny that we're still in, maybe we should say, we should just assume August. Um, yeah, probably but, should, but yeah. Anyways, um, at this point I assumed that the quarterback in Denver would not be Teddy Bridgewater. I would like to think that I think it was the Patreon show that I think that their team is a quarterback away from being Super Bowl ready. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash finishy Joe's. Check it out. Yes, a great yes. conversation. And I've mentioned in previous shows um, that I think like I, I that uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think is like destined to go there. Um, they passed on fields in the draft. They've had, they've had opportunity to fill that slot and they've been, linked to Aaron Rodgers quite a bit already this off season. Um, it, feel, it feels that way too, Jake. I mean, that's definitely one of the, it's gotta be one of the top. Yeah. So three places, it's, yeah. it's very speculative. Um, and it's hard to rank Noah Fant off of just like the guess of Aaron Rodgers getting there. Um, I feel like if he does, it's almost like a no brainer that he like is gets fully unlocked and could be there. Um, Athletically, there's not a big gap uh, from Fant to Noah Pitts, uh, Noah Pitts to uh, Fant to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> um, if anything, uh, Fant is more athletic. Uh, he was a first round talent. He has better burst. He is in the net 97th percentile to Pitts 79th percentile. He's got better agility. He's in the 96th percentile to Kyle Pitts 65th percentile. And he's got a better catch radius of 98th percentile to 85th percentile. Um, he'll be entering his third year, which is something we love for tight ends. He's only going to, he's 23.8 this year. You want to get technical. So you're looking at a 25 year old next year. So the prime of his career, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that he could be a tight end too, as long as he shows like that kind of potential with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy to bring that out in him. Yeah. Rather, and, rather than Drew Locke anyways. Yeah. So I've got him ranked and I think this is too low on my list. I've got him at number nine. I think I had to move him up. Um, he's number seven ADP. Well, in July of 2021, I, I think where I have problems seeing him this high is that I think he, he would have to have a really outstanding year to climb to number two overall um, on this list. And I just don't know if that's going to happen this year 
with that situation in Denver. So that's the only thing that would hold me. I think that really held me from rising on him. Cause I think he, you're right. He's, he's very talented. He just needs to stay, make sure he stays healthy and gets a better quarterback. And he might. And if, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is there in Denver, yeah, he, he leaps up, up the, you know, ADP board here. So even if he doesn't have a monster year, I think so. I'm glad you mentioned the name. I think it's bold to say number two, but I, I like, you know, I like your thinking there. I missed the bold show. I have to uh, get bold on this show. Um, I did not go bold with number two, Jake, Darren Waller, boring, ho-hum. And the reason I, I went with Waller, even though he's another year older um, next year, I, I just think that in that Raiders offense, and I, I we just, pre- we were preaching about how it's important to look into the future, not the past, because, you know, and maybe that, maybe that Raiders offense, you know, evolves and, you know, rugs takes a step forward and becomes like the primary target or something. But I, I, I don't really think see that happening. I just think with Derek Carr, he's going to, he's going to look for Waller and Waller's going to be peppered with targets and he, he's going to have a good, I'm not saying he's going to have as good a year as he did in um, uh, 2020, but I think in 2021, he could have, he'll have another solid year that will keep him, you know, up there at the top three, four of tight ends. And um, thus I don't see him really sliding from his spot. So that's that's the reason I had number two. Boring, I know. This is a probably a silly thing to say, um, but hey, like Aaron, like who the hell knows what what is going on in the QB such like landscape next off season, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I think majority of people are expecting Vegas to not be the greatest this year. Um, I don't think that would surprise many people in the slightest. So does is Derek Carr still the QB in 2022, or are they looking at an upgrade as well, right? Um, so I don't think – I think the situation could improve for Darren Waller. Um, like you said, he's another year older, but like hell, so is every single person like in the world. <laughs> um, um, he's just such a freak of nature, right? Like he's such a size-speed specimen. Like we've kind of talked about with like the other elite tight ends. It's pretty much what – it's not too hard to spot a future archetype, like a lead tight end. Um, and Darren Waller has just shown it. Like we have seen it for the past two years. So would it surprise me at all to see it for another year? Like, and if he, if he's headed into the next year, going to be a top three tight end, that's, there's no reason to start pushing him down the dynasty rankings anytime soon. Right. Like he still has yeah. three years on Kelsey. Like he's not, he's not generally that old for a tight end and he's new to the position. So I don't think he's like destined to leave the league anytime time soon. Like, I think he's here to stay for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah I, I love, sure. I love the call for tight end too. I'd like, like you said, it's not very spicy, but there's probably no, no, it's like, boring. It's a good chance of being correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you want to be right here, right? Like we're not trying to be spicy. Right. We're not trying to spicy because, you know, the, this, I think the idea we started doing this just because the, you know, whole idea of dynasty is to try to, you know, you know, bet on guys before they go up in value. So basically we're just trying to kind of projecting values a year out. And as, and this is a hard exercise, you know, as we've talked about on previous shows, it's hard to do this. So we're doing our best. So, um, so let's go to number three. Um, your number three isn't quite as spicy, uh, but, but still interesting. It's a it's a little spicy. I have yeah, uh, TJ Hawkinson spicy. as my mm-hmm. number three. Uh, well, not here, but I have to rep the like Iowa Buckeyes as much as I can. Um, 
putting them. Hot, Iowa Hawkeyes. Do you say Iowa Buckeyes? Buckeyes? Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. As I was coming out of my mouth, I knew it was going to be wrong, but I went. Right. I went for it anyways. Um, that was fun. So Hawkinson is going to be 25 years old. I think there's a realistic chance that he leads the team in targets this oh, year. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Right. Like, <laughs> and I yeah. feel like that's probably the expectation, right? So if that does happen, and that is my expectation, I think there's he is tight end five right now in DLF. I'd expect him to go up. Um, he's going to have, he's got seven years on Kelsey age wise. Even if Kelsey has an elite year, is that is Kelsey old enough that he starts taking that dip like on in the ADP we're yeah. expecting it, but it's yeah. probably uh, like, that's what we have predicted, but it, it might be a little far fetched. It's, it's hard to put these guys early just because of like how stiff competition Kelsey Waller and Kittle are like, you can't say enough good things about them. It's just yeah. like griping on the age and looking at the potential of guys like Hawkinson and Fant. But I'm, I'm kind of putting them where I am at two, three. I'm kind of predicting the next wave of elite tight ends coming in. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the call. I've got Hawkinson number, number six, which once again is probably too low. I need to make some kind of adjustments. Um, because I, I just think, you know, looking at this year, it's it, it's it would be hard for me to believe he wouldn't lead that team in targets. He, he just has to stay healthy. Um, you know, Jared Goff's going to look for him. It's it's just it just makes sense. He's going to have a really solid year. Um, and, and he's he's a ta- he's a talented tight end. You know, he's on the field because he he can do everything. So I, yeah, I just I, I think it's a good it's a good good call. And I I think he's um, you know, a, a pretty safe guy to invest in, in, in dynasty. I think you're going to be happy with Hawkinson if you don't want to pay for the more elite guys. Cause he could climb into that, you know, three, four spot next year. As you say, I'm definitely within the range of outcomes here. So I like the call. Oh, if you could pivot from one of those top guys to Hawkinson and acquire a draft pick or some kind of sleeper on top of it, I would love it. Cause you're just setting yourself up better for the next three to five years. Yeah. Yeah, and this isn't exactly the way the trade went down, but I, I was on the clock and I was I was tilting a little bit because um, uh, Patreon listener Corey Deaton, if, if memory serves, he had um, stolen from me, um, I think it was Travis Etienne, and I was thrown off and I was on the clock and Kittle was there, um, but, I, but I traded out of that, um, tra- traded back, you know, got some more picks later or, or traded up in the rounds. And that next round, I think with one of those picks I traded for, I grabbed um, Hawkinson. So I felt that, you know, I moved back around. I did, I didn't, I acquired some other draft assets. I just felt like it was a win for me. You know, I just don't think there's that big of a gap. Um, that's a good transition to George Kittle as my number three on the list. And I, I think I need to adjust it, Jake. I think I need to adjust him down because I think George Kittle is awesome, and I love watching him. He's he's a lot of fun. But I just, this is going to sound weird, but I, I, did, I kind of feel like his upside is limited by all the things they ask him to do that offense that are not related to fantasy points. Um, you know, uh, with, with Trey Lance, you know, the guy I'm most excited in San Francisco about is Trey Lance. You know, I, I just, um, and, and I think, uh, you know, you could take a step forward and really take away from, you know, what George Kittle can do. If you look at George Kittle's career, he never has a lot of touchdowns each year, you know, so. I don't know. I like Kittle a lot as a talent, but um, he's your number four. I, th- I think I need to slide him down, though. I think I've got him too high the more we talk about these guys. 
yeah, Kittle's a, like an absolute superstar tight end in the league, right? Um, I think the knock on him that is just – it's not even much of a knock. I think it's just we haven't seen him on the field as much recently, right? In the past two years, he's kind of been – he's battled injuries a lot. So it's been hard for him to stay, like, super relevant in the minds of fantasy gamers. Um, but I think as soon as he gets on the field and if he can stay on the field, I think we're going to be quickly reminded of just how good Kittle can be. Uh, it's, especially if he gets the Trey Lance out there. I don't think it's going to, I don't think Garoppolo is too big of a drop off because I would, I think Kessel, uh, Kessel, uh, hockey guy, um, Kittle, <laughs> I think is uh, Garoppolo's number one target. I would, that would be my like guess anyways. Um, and then going up to Trey Lance, I think this, the offense improves as a whole. Right. So I think that would benefit Kittle as well. Um, yeah, and, and even even if his targets go down, maybe his touchdowns go up, and that offsets it, right? If if yeah, Trey Lance is the man, yeah, becomes like he, I think he's just a solid safety blanket on the team, and I think the San Francisco, I, I, I am banking on them being one of the better teams in the league. Like I have in the QB show, I put Trey Lance super high in the wide receiver show, I put AU super high. Um, I think I may have slipped sermon. Yeah. Sermon I put in as my RB 12. So I got him in there. Like, I think I'm just banking that entire team to take the next step forward. Um, and I think Kittle would take, would be like a huge part of that just because he is the main veteran presence on that offense. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I was just trying to, I mean, I like Kittle a lot despite those you know negatives I said about him. So, I mean, he's definitely, um, you know, I, you know, even if I slide him down a little bit, he's a sl- solidly a top five uh, tight end and dynasty and, and will be for sure in that July, 2021 ADP. And that's, a, that's pretty much a lock. So uh, my other, so your number four Kittle, my number four, Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews is interesting, Jake, because I, you've got him at number seven. I feel like he is a guy that his value will, will slide I mean, obviously like all these guys will, but it'll be an interesting year in 2021 for Mark Andrews. Um, I, I just think this, this Baltimore offense will be interesting in, in general to see what Lamar Jackson can do this year. Um, do these wide receivers get healthy that they acquired you know, like Rajad Bateman and um, uh, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown, interesting year for him. So Mark Andrews is a, a guy I like a lot and I think will be the still the primary target in that offense, but um, yeah, I could, I could also see him, you know, he, he was a little bit up and down last year. So what, so what, why do you have Mark Andrews at number seven? Um, you, for one, I just want to put out there, you have him ahead of Kelsey, which I think is a, I think is a very like sizable hot take. Um, it's something that I would do because there's a seven year age gap. And if you believe in Andrews, then like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to capitalize on that? But yeah, we, we, we both probably, uh, slid Kelsey down too far here based on age. Cause I, but, but there's a chance that he could, you know, yeah. decline this year. We could see it. I mean, yeah. we don't want to say that, but it could happen. So anyway, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I completely agree. So I don't think uh, seven is low for Mark Andrews. I think it's like the sweet spot for him be just based on how stiff the competition is above him. Um, like him being at seven is not a slight on his talent level whatsoever. Um, one of my, one of the things that I always remember about Mark Andrews is just how he typically always ranks highly for tight ends in depth of target. He's always targeted like further down the field than most. And I feel like it's a, 
it's a sticky stat for tight ends. Like it's just valuable to keep note of majority. A lot of the top guys just do well in that stat. So when Mark Andrews was coming out um, before last year, he was, I was really big. Like I was a big fan of Mark Andrews because like you said, lack of target competition. Um, It's one of the reasons why a lot of people liked him going last year. And then one thing that kept sticking out to me was just that depth of target. Um, So I love Mark Andrews. He's, I think he's going to benefit early, like for the exact same reasons last year for lack of target competition. Um, Regardless, I think Baltimore is probably going to start. Like, I think they're going to have a bit of an uptick in the passing game. Um, Dobbins getting injured is probably going to help that just slightly. Um, I do think that like Baltimore is always going to be run heavy as an offense. Like that's not going to change, but I do think that the writing's on the wall with the Bateman pick, the trying to sign Juju, the Tyler Wallace, draft pick the signing of Sammy Watkins they want to give weapons to Lamar Jackson they want to kind of go the route of a Josh Allen and at least like let's see what Lamar can do is like he's had nobody right so he hasn't really had a fair shake where I think Baltimore right now is trying to at least give him good enough pass catchers to see what he can do so just because that there's more target competition I don't think that necessarily hurts Mark Andrews because I think there will be an uptick in passing um again that's just that's just a guess so like i'm not going based off everything i was just trying to predict next year so it's just a prediction um which is kind of why i like him in that middle seventh spot there's there's nothing against andrews at all um i just don't see like him gaining too much value this year yeah and and i think sometimes what people like me hold on to is that the, the 2019 year was a pretty nice year with 10 touchdown receptions um, and, and he went, you know, declined to, to seven TD receptions in 2020. Um, and, and, and that's real duds. If you look at his, his game log. So, um, but, but, but I, yeah, so, so, so we'll see, I, I think, um, you know, Mark Andrews pr- probably belongs in this range, you know, maybe at the high end where I have it at number four, maybe the low end at number seven where you've got him. So we probably kind of have him in this range. It's, it's, it's hard to see Mark Andrews, having just this monster year and becoming like the number two or three tight end, you know, that, that, that seems a little unlikely, but um, okay. We talked about Darren Waller. Uh, who's your number five. My number five is Travis Kelsey. You've got Kelsey at six and we kind of alluded how to dumb this. Are we, eh? What's that? How, how, how dumb are we? Sorry probably, to interrupt you, but no, no, probably really dumb because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, even if we, concede or, or, or make the assumption that Travis Kelsey won't have quite as good a year this year as he did in 2020. I just assuming the guy stays healthy and he is the picture of health among the tight end position. I, th- I think he's still only missed like one game in his career due to a concussion. If that's how, that was, that was the case um, at least as of a year or two ago. So uh, I, I mean, what's not to like, he's attached to the, the, you know, best QB in the league and, He's, you know, the number one target or, or at least the one beat. If you want to give Tyreek Hill the one, a, I, I think he's one, a honestly in that offense. And uh, yeah, he's just so good and he stays healthy. So, I, I mean, what's not to like, right. <laughs> Other than age, which is what we're really getting him for. And it's, it's the major thing that we gripe on him for. Um, but he is signed till he's like 36, 37 years old. Like I think it's four more years on his contract. So like, maybe we are, like I feel like we're probably silly for doubting him um but the main reason he keeps going down and I feel like every year that goes by he will continue to get down obviously it's the age but like 
his value is he can't, no matter how good he is year in, year out, he won't be tight in one forever. Like, unless you're willing for him to die on your roster, you're, you're better, you're better off selling him and trying to get like a Hawkinson plus or like who, like some of the guys that we just mentioned, right? Because you have no idea when Kelsey's going to like, he's just going to get injured or he's going to win his third Super Bowl in a row. And he's going to decide that he's, he's walking off into the sunset or like what have you. Right. You just don't want someone, you just don't want that value, that top value that Kelsey does have to die on your roster. And then you get nothing out of him all of a sudden. So he doesn't deserve to drop in the rankings, but it's important to put out there because his value is always going to be dropping like in the back of minds of dynasty owners. Hey, Jake, I, I want to compare, you know, Kelsey is the number one um, right now in ADP. Let's come, let, let's kind of compare that to, to Kyle Pitts for a second. So I, I want to ask you what you expect Kyle Pitts this year, rookie season, um, take the over or under on, Targets 87. Over. For Kyle Pitts. Over. Okay, over 87 targets. I would agree with that. Receptions, 67. Over. Over. Okay. Yards, 862 yards. Over. Uh, touchdowns, five. Over. All right. That that, that stat line was, d- just thought, 16 games for Travis Kelsey in 2014 is a rookie season. So, um. And, and we know, I just thought it, was, it would be interesting to kind of see how those guys would compare. That's a, so that's a pretty good rookie season. Like 800. It's a really damn good rookie. Tight end. It's really good. Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. So, again, like maybe it is a little silly to expect so much out of Travis Pitts, but. You keep, you, like, hey. <laughs> Travis Pitts. He's Travis Pitts. You keep doing Oh my it. God. What is my head? <laughs> you mean Where's Noah Pitts? <laughs> I would agree. I, I expect Jeez. nothing from Travis Pitts this year. I, I, I'm, I'm Thank we're, you. <laughs> we're on the same page. No, I don't. I really don't. I mean, I, not to go back to Pitts because we could talk about him all, all day, but I, I do think that's like he could have exceed Kelsey's rookie year stat line. I just, I just, uh, you know, he's, he's that good. So assuming health. Okay. Let, let's let's cruise through this list and kind of get to the interesting names because this is where we're going to really diverge a lot, and um, and and Jake, this is where honestly it, it's it's super interesting and where it gets super tough because this is where we get into that zone of um, um, to be tight ends. Yeah, it's it's like you know it's it's all about potential and it's like this is a young guy that could emerge. You know, if the things go right for him, I just feel like all these guys are are kind of like that, um, and well, we might be. Go ahead. There's two sides. You see there, like, we like the guys who are all about potential because that's just kind of how we play Dynasty. But if you look at the DLF ADP, like, you have guys like Logan Thomas, Robert Tanyan, Evan Ingram, like, more aging guys, which, like, there's probably something to that where you know Logan Thomas and Robert Tanya are going to be good this year. Like, I feel like that's you could, you could bring that to the bank. Yeah, um, I don't think we know that, that they're going to be good. I, I think there's a decent chance. I think there's a 65% chance that Logan Thomas is good for fantasy, for example. I'll give that to you because like health, everything's kind of a crapshoot, especially tight end. Um, yeah. and, and that Washington offense is different. I mean, you know, Curtis Samuels there who, you know, potentially could, you know, uh, could take away targets from Logan Thomas, Deami Brown. I think, I think we could expect maybe some things from him. So, 
I, I just I just think it's a, di- a little bit of a different situation. I, I anticipate Logan Thomas will be the you know number two um, target for Fitzmagic, and then he'll have a good year. But I also you know he he might you know regress a little bit. So yeah, yeah then he's thirty one. He's got a new quarterback. There's yeah, maybe I mean, there's someone else coming in for Washington. Like maybe say Sammy Reyes broke a little bit. I mean, I don't hate like if if you're in a you know a competitor in a dynasty league, and, and you you know need some you know kind of relatively cheap production for 2021. I think Logan Thomas is probably a pretty good target because I don't think it costs you that much to get him. But you know, I, I just think that that's kind of a don't expect yeah, him right. to rise in value by you know this time next year. When we're when we're talking dynasty ADP, Logan Thomas shouldn't be tight end ten, regardless of how good he can be in 2020. Like right. he's going to be he's 30 years old, going to be 31. He's just like we talked about Kelsey and Logan Thomas is probably more likely like if you ha- he's probably going to die on your roster if he if you have him. And it is interesting looking at that, like even look at the names below, like let's, let's take Irv Smith, who we'll talk about probably. Well, I don't know if we will talk about him, but yeah, he was um, number 13, uh, tied in 13, July 2021 ADP. And I guarantee you, you were shopping him before he got injured you're going to get more for Smith than you are for Logan Thomas because, you know, because of that younger, exciting guy with the potential. So it is interesting that when they're doing these drafts, you know, this it's based on what mock drafts of this ADP that Thomas goes ahead of an Irv Smith, you know, it's, that's interesting to me. Or a number of and other names on this list later on. Post injury. I'm sure that will stay the same. I'm sure Irv Smith is in for a free fall. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and tackle these names here, uh, at least for a, a few minutes. Um, so number seven, I've got uh, Dallas Goddard. You've got him at number 10. Um, I should have probably adjusted this more, but I, I think when, when I first built this, I I was kind of going to the assumption that uh, they would um, trade uh, Zach Ertz and we would really get to see Dallas Goddard showcased in that Eagles offense. It doesn't look like it's going to happen now, Jake, so... Um, I mean, I'll stand by this because I think Dallas Goddard is, is, is talented. And if he can become the guy w- without having to share the field with uh, Zach Ertz, then I, I think that he could ascend. And everyone thinks that, I think. <laughs> so it's just a matter of will it happen or will we just keep talking about all the potential and it will never materialize. I was a, a really big Dallas Goddard fan. He was the Titan one in his class from my memory. Like I, for me anyways. Um, I remember Dallas needed a tight end. They were next on the clock on deck and either Philly traded up or they snagged him right before because like they knew Dallas was going for him. Um, Not that that is relevant at all, but I think from that moment when you draft him in that rookie draft, you were looking forward to the day that Zach Ertz left Philadelphia and that it would, when it would be Dallas Goddard's like role, his team. And you're sitting here in year three when Zach Ertz should have been gone and he's still here. And he's he's on Twitter saying that he's got no more beef with Philadelphia and he wants to retire here. I th- that's that's definitely like more risk to Goddard than people are willing to admit. Like he's going as a top 10 tight end pretty much. And Zach Ertz is going like tight end 20. And realistically in 2021, they could – like Zach Ertz would finish ahead. Like I'm kind of speaking for Will here because of how much he loves Zach Ertz. 
And I've, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I thought all off season that Zach Hurts was pretty much destined for Buffalo or destined for any other team in Philadelphia. But here we are, September 2nd, week one is a week away. And Zach Ertz is a Philadelphia Eagle. And we have to start taking that into account when it comes into Dallas Goddard. And that's why he probably was my tight end eight. eight. Um, he was in Dynasty. And like I'm starting to move him down a little bit because there's yeah. added risk there. Yeah, and me too. Sorry, but even Philadelphia as a whole, like there's tons of question marks to that team in general. So he's not as much of a slam dunk as like I thought he would have been when he came out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's sad. I mean, one of the, a couple of guys we're going to talk about where it's kind of sad that their value, we were, we were more excited about them and, and they've, they've slid down our list. Um, so I'm just going to quickly mention he's not on your list and we don't have to spend a lot of time on him. Cause I talked about him last week. I, I just thought I'd better put Gerald Everett somewhere on this list since I had that, you know, hot, bold, spicy take. I, I, I do like Gerald Everett, but I will be the first to acknowledge that it is a little bit hard to see Russell Wilson supporting um, like three pass catches on offense, you know? So, you know, this would, this would be like Tyler Lockett or something, or, or God forbid DK Metcalf would, would have to um, get hurt for in, in that scenario, maybe then Gerald Everett could emerge and, and maybe climb. But otherwise I, I, it's hard. It is hard to see him climbing this high, but I wanted to mention my guy, Gerald Everett, you know, I love him. So. Now I did listen to the show. Did you say Jared Everett was top six? Like was your hot take? What was the, what was the top? What number did you pick? Oh, you the way he finished the season. I think I said top six. Yeah. I'm, I didn't even realize it at the time, but I'm looking at our list right now. And for him, for him to be top six, that is such a spicy take. I, I just, I love the cojones on it. Um, I hate that you put him ahead of Noah Fant in this exercise. <laughs> after especially after i put him tight end too um well maybe, maybe fan maybe fan should go ahead of him but you know yeah that's uh, there might need to be some uh reevaluating there but that's uh that's completely okay okay um, but i think i think I what's like- interesting about fan though I, th- just just to flush that out for a second it, it just goes to show you that i think no fan has a pretty wide range of outcomes depending on what happens this year because because i think i think it's realistic he could be a top three guy two three guy if things break for him, but I think it's also possible that he could, you know, slide if, if he has another disappointing year. So it's it's interesting guy. I think Noah fan to see what happens this year. It's pivotal really for his value. And and maybe if his value does go down next year, this time is a good time to acquire him because maybe it bounces back up. Well, and it might be hard if Aaron Rodgers is is there to do that, but (laughs) anyway, um, maybe, maybe, maybe in season, if he starts off slow, you could acquire him in season. My biggest issue is like he's 27 years old and we've seen like just very little out of him so far with kind of just uh, Higby ahead of him on a death chart. Right. Which yeah. I think shouldn't be too much competition. Um, I even think that I'm pretty sure he's splitting reps right now with Will Disley. Um, I could be wrong on that. And I would expect Everett to be the tight end one in that offense. And I do expect Russ to cook and I don't expect, don't think that there's too much competition outside of Lockett. So I do like Everett as a sleeper. I just think you're definitely higher than I would ever put him. Yeah. He but might I be more of us. a, yeah, he might be more of a, at the end of the day, it might, he might be more like a DFS guy where like three weeks out of the year, you'll want to play him in DFS the rest of the time. You, you'll have pedestrian stat lines. We'll, we'll see. Um, all right. So 
you're number eight, my number 12, who slid into number 12 when we said goodbye to Irv Smith, Pat Fryermuth, which I, I like. I like this call. I, I, you know, the thing is that for him to climb this high, Jake, does he have to have like a really solid year um, with, with Pittsburgh? And do you see that happening? Um, I just think he needs to show enough. Like, I think people realize just how much target competition there is in Pittsburgh. I don't think people are expecting too much out of the offense, like a big Ben offense. So, um, so you're, might. so you're kind of calling him almost like, this is almost like an Adam Troutman, like, rise where he doesn't actually show you much but you're based on his age and what we know about him you're excited going into the next year uh yes i think and i do think he's going to show more than adam Troutman did in his rookie season um i think Pat, patty fry is more of a pass catching tight end than adam Troutman. i have uh, i still do i had a uh, super high hopes for adam Troutman, and i think this offseason kind of the reports later in the offseason especially the injury has put a damper on things. Like I think they're using him more in a blocking tight end role, which worried me. I was hoping that he would be taking more snaps um, running routes as a receiver, which was kind of my expectation where I think, um, I think Patty Fry has a better chance at that. Um, I was kind of blown away at his usage in the first preseason game. Of course, it's just a preseason game. It means absolutely nothing. Um, he got two, he got two touchdowns in the red zone. I believe he said at one point that he's never dropped a, uh, a pass in the red zone, um, which is just it's something you love to hear. Um, he, I, again, two tight ends, two tight ends, two touchdowns in preseason. It means nothing, but Big Ben is looking his way, especially in the red zone. Like it becomes a touchdown magnet. That's huge for fantasy, especially in um, for tight ends when you're it's pretty much a crapshoot and you're just kind of hoping for it a touchdown each week right so we've looking at the history of pittsburgh they have been pretty fantastic at drafting receivers lately i think that is a pretty transferable um skill set when in terms of scouting um like that's kind of what you're that's half the battle for scouting when it comes to um tight ends is catching the ball and receiving so i do do like that like that i trust pittsburgh um and then i trust the school he's coming from like Penn state usually come is a big athletic school, right? Like typically the guys that come out of there are freak shows. Um, yeah. Patty fried, he didn't test at all. So this, he's kind of a black box there. There's question marks. Um, but I think if he was in a class that didn't have Kyle Pitts, he'd probably be the tight end one. Yeah. And I think he was a real value in a lot of super flex leagues. Cause he, you know, slid, you know, late second, early third. And, um, I, I think in a couple of years, you'll look at that pick and be like, wow, you know, this was a nice steal where I got him. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I just don't know how much he's going to show to rise too much in value going into 2022, but I, but I've got him in my top 12. He just made the list. So I think, I think yeah. you're right. I, I didn't think he, he's going to show enough and having a people excited a year from now. Yeah. He just needs to see the field because I don't think people expect that. So as long as he gets, on the field and show something it's gonna he's gonna surprise some people you know jake i was pleasantly surprised as a bears fan to see cole Komet slide in at number nine on your list and, and i ended up putting him at number 10 after revising my rankings before the show because um you know cole Komet is is a guy that i, I you know you got to be careful about the what you hear during training camp but just glowing reports you know they they love cole Komet. 
you didn't see him that much in the in the preseason, which I think is a good thing. I think that means the Bears got have big plans for him. Um, you always have to worry with a Matt, Matt Nagy offense. Is is that going to limit his upside? What he can do um, because he's proven to be like a horrible play caller in that offense. You know, but Justin Fields, you know, a, a good quarterback can elevate a crappy offense, and I, <laughs> that's what happens in Chicago, right? So, um, yeah, I like the name. I'm excited about Cole Komet, and I, I think he's a guy that's pretty cheap i know he's getting some buzz now but you know talk about a guy you want to speculate on that might rise in value it's i think it's a good name to throw out there um i couldn't agree that the off-season buzz is playing some impact on that on my ranking um and my prediction cole commit kind of had the the thought like people typically thought of cole commit as a blocking tight end um and that kind of got into my head a bit when ranking him like mid offseason i didn't want to put too much into what he could like his potential because I wasn't sure what he was yet. Um, but everything that we're hearing out of the training camp reports is telling me that no, he's going to be more than just a blocking tight end. Like he's going to be used all over the field. Like he's just, he's like Jimmy Graham is the tight end too there. Like, I don't think he is any threat to Cole commit whatsoever at this point where I thought at earlier in the off season that, Jimmy Graham might have one more good year where they're just riding him out to the sunset. Like, I don't think that um, teams like to let people retire on like bad seasons. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they want him to, it's not hard to throw Jimmy Graham some touchdowns here and there, right? Like, I don't think he's going to be a nothing burger. Um, but I'm just happily surprised with what I've seen out of Cole Komet. Like he out snapped Jimmy Graham seven to two in preseason. Um, everything like what you said everything that has come out has been glowing reports and like locking in with justin fields is pretty huge like that's kind of the whole the big expectation there and outside of darnell mooney and alan robinson there's there really isn't anyone else of consequence so yeah loving that his age he's draft picked to 11 he's not super athletic but again i'm just kind of kind of i'm buying into those reports that he can be more than just blocking tight end yeah, and if you look at what the top tight ends, fantasy tight ends, have in common, the, one of the characteristics, that one of the situations you're looking for, is one of one of the two primary receivers in an offense. So if you think about it, you know either of these guys are like, you know, one A or one B in their in their offense. You know, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, uh, Kyle Pitts will be fit that criteria. I think George Kittle fits that criteria. T.J. Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, you know, the, those guys are all if not the primary target, the, the, the secondary target, and that's going to be Colt Komet or has a strong chance to be maybe, maybe Darnell Mooney is the, you know, number two option, but I think it could be Colt Komet. I think it'd be Allen Robinson and Colt Komet. And if that's the case with Justin Fields, you could see a rise for Colt Komet. He's, uh, he's got way better draft capital. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, yeah, I, I, so I, I love the, the, the name to, to throw him on the list. So, um, let's, let's, we'll, we'll go kind of go rapid fire with these last guys. Um, we have two hunters for our number 11s, Jake, you've got, um, not the hunter that I have, I have Hunter Henry and, you know, for me, I thought about putting John new here. I, I, I was, you know, been listening to different, you know, camp reports and Pat's beat writers. And they seem to think that, you know, John new is going to, you know, be, be a halfback sometimes at the backfield and to do different things, but Hunter Henry will be more the primary uh, pass catching tight end. So I, I, I think if he has a, you know, a, a strong season as the tight end one in new England, 
that, you know, he could, you know, climb it back up with this list. Cause he slid down after his off season situation. I, th- I, well, I think injuries, we, he gets injured all the darn time. So he's got to stay healthy. Um, uh, but I think the, the fact that it was a muddled situation in new England kind of scared some people, but I, I think he could have a good year. So I wanted to put him on my list because he's talented. It's not, talent's not a question. It's, it's health for that guy. <laughs> Cause he's always, he's always injured when you need him. Oh, he's so frustrating. No, absolutely. And, um, similar to Dallas Goddard, but like a bit older, uh, yeah. Hunter Henry's a guy that dynasty owners always had lots of hope in. Right. Um, whether it was with LA or to the next team, uh, like he was definitely hurt a little bit with Joe new being signed at the same time as him. At least like that is my worry. I feel like it might be difficult in a regular head to head league to figure out when to start either guy. Um, it's a bit of a cliche that I think they're, they've turned into best ball guys, but at the same time, especially with the Mac Jones uh, being declared the starter, it's kind of wheel, like wheels up for them. I think they, <laughs> I think they could be the two best pass catchers on that team. Um, if anyone knows how to use tight ends, it's Bill Belichick. If anyone knows how to use, like, how to create mismatches, it's Bill Belichick. Um, so I definitely think he can be sneaky. Um, I just worry about, like what I said, about starting him each week and him versus Joe New. And, and those might be silly questions to have, like worries to have. I think it might be smart to buy into that fear. like. To, to buy in when others are fearful it could, it could be but it's definitely um a bit of a roll of the dice <laughs> there's no doubt about that um let's talk about your hunter hunter at number 11 so you've got hunter pits at number 11 <laughs> pretty much right with the, <laughs> how my brain's working right now um Couldn't hunter resist. long is my tight end 11 um miami dolphins they have mike Gusecki there but they have come out this off season and say that they pretty much have no plans on resigning Mike Gusecki, which is just such an odd thing to come out a year early and wah, say, wah. yeah, right. Like it's uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we have no plans on keeping you in our future. I hope that doesn't impact how you play for us or how, like, <laughs> no kidding. How, what do you think of us going forward? Well, like what, like, I feel like there might be, might not have been the smartest move to do, but um, regardless, I just think that Hunter Long has, tons of potential. Like I think he's a really good, really good player. Um, probably a steal in the third round of rookie drafts. Um, and a lot of this ranking is the expectation that kaseki has gone and that he's used right now, like right away um, as a rookie tight end. And it doesn't happen too often. Again, people are typically, we said about it with Kyle Pitts. Oh, you got to stay away from rookie tight ends. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy into Hunter Long in a redraft by any means, but if similar to Pat Fryermuth, if he just gets on the field and shows enough and Gusecki goes, I think that that tight end 10 to 12 range is uh, just waiting for him in Dynasty. And, and he's interesting, Jake, because I, I think even if he doesn't you know, climb up this high in the ranks. He, he is a guy to, to keep an eye on and, and probably acquire because it, it doesn't cost much to acquire him. And, you know, clearly the, the dolphins value him and see something in him. And is it a stretch to believe that, you know, later this year or a year from now, you know, you've got, um, you know, Waddle as your, you know, number one target option. And then, then Hunter is number two, you know, I, I mean, I could see that, I mean, you know, so I, I think for the cost, especially, I, I think it's a decent bet. He's going to rise in value. So I, I like the, I like the call of the name. 
he did get injured on the off in the off season, but he's already back on the field, so it doesn't worry me too much there either. Right. Maybe that creates an opportunity um, if he misses any more time. Hopefully not. But okay. And then finally, and we can mention a couple names in closing beyond this list. But I, uh, my number twelve, I'm, we mentioned um, uh, Pat for our youth. Yeah. And then your number twelve, Jake. Interesting. This name is is still on your list because he's had a rough um, past you know a couple of weeks. Adam Troutman. If we did if we did this exercise earlier, he probably would have been higher on my list because I just he's been. Uh, like a darling of mine. Like I just, I love the guy, his potential. Um, So I want you to talk a little bit about that because he did not make my list even before the, um, you know, the the injury and then the, you know, the, what is the Juwan Johnson love and that kind of thing in new England. Cause I, I guess I've never gotten the hype because, you know, I know he had a good senior bowl and people liked him, but it's not like he, you know, he went to a small school. It's not like he was this particularly, like uber athletic prospect or anything. I, I mean, I can see why people like him, but was it that they just trust the saints and what the saints might see in him? Or I, I just, I've never understood the the love for him. It, it just, it, it's, you know, he wasn't Kyle Pitts in college, you know what I'm saying? So. No, we, absolutely. Um, it was actually one of my takes in one of the first Joe's episodes that I was a part of. And I remember going like point by point, why I loved Adam Troutman. And I wish I could just bring up like our show sheet and my Sorry, rationale. Sorry, I didn't mean to the spot. No, it's uh, completely okay. Um, I went looking, but I couldn't find it. So I can still kind of say why I love Adam Troutman. It's not too difficult for me. Um, he, he, Like you said, he was a freak when it comes to the Super Bowl. Like he seemed like the clear alpha of the Super um, the senior. Did I say Super Bowl? Um, senior Bowl. At you did. That's just uh, my, uh, it's like, my pump, brain. Pump the brakes. Else. Pump the brakes. Drew Brees is out of town. That may not happen now. Yeah. He was an alpha (laughs) at the senior bowl. Um, Of course, we didn't see too much last year. Like I think the 171 receiving yards, like relatively nothing. So a lot of it was a projection going forward. Um, He was drafted in the third round, but at the time the Saints draft uh, traded like all of their draft picks to get him. Like they literally traded like a fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, something along those lines to get to move up in the third and get him. And to me, that has tons of value because you're saying to your scouting team, thank you for all the work you did for the past year. Like you've seen visiting all these schools, interviewing all of these prospects, doing like all of this scouting of film, yada, yada, yada. But we are going to trade like the next five rounds of depth to get this guy because we think this highly of him. Um, So I think, and we've said it before, um, franchises only show their cards twice a year. And that's when they're paid, like they're, signing a guy when they're drafting a guy right so i i took some i like i thought that was speaking a lot of his talent then um and then you're looking at the depth chart right you had uh, michael thomas going getting injured i see Jameis winston as an upgrade to last year of drew Brees, who's like barely who's injured barely throwing it further than 10 yards down the field Uh, Like I said, Michael Thomas is injured. Traycon Smith is kind of nothing. There's no tight ends of consequences, or at least I thought, because now there's the tight end of consequence is Juwan James or something along those lines, who is a wide receiver transitioning, who is a bit of an athletic. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, That was Juwan Johnson, but but yeah, yeah, Juwan. That's it. Yeah. Um, so a bit of athletic freak himself, a bit smaller when it comes to a tight end, but I think he might get more of the receiving 
work than that I was hoping that I was projecting for Adam Troutman. So that's kind of why I have kind of regressed how highly I was thinking of him before. So I feel like it was just how much opportunity was there for him, how much the team invested into him and like how much they like him. Um, and then just like his best comparable player is Dallas Goddard. Like he was, like we said, he was an alpha at the senior bowl. I legitimately just trust the talent. So I'm not out on Adam Trauman at all. Like I still project him as my tight end 12 for this year. And the injury hurts a lot, but I, I think that when he comes back on the field, that he's got a good chance of being one of the better guys on the field for the saints. And we've seen Jameis Winston before he's not terrible, like for fantasy, especially like he's willing to throw the ball down the field. And when your only weapons are Callaway and Troutman, like that's who, that's not the only weapons I see anyways. Oh, Camara, of course. Um, Yeah. He's like, he is the weapon in offense. Yeah. Yeah. But like receivers, Camara probably will might lead in targets. Um, I just, I like Troutman's opportunity there and I like his talent. So I don't think he's dead just because he got injured late in the off season. Well, I, I think the good news is that if you liked him before and you felt he was too expensive, you know, now is a good time to buy because I, I just feel like he's, he's just tanked in value the past several weeks. So, um, you know, and, and he's a guy that, that, you know, that could certainly jump back up again. No, I, I just think it's intriguing. I think you, but the potential is there, Jake, for sure. It's just a matter of will he ever be able to put it together and we'll, we'll see. I can't wait to see the Saints play – um, this year, especially their offense, because I'm fascinated to see how successful Jameis Winston can be, if if at all. And, and you know, in the NFL, you know, kind of a year removed from being a starter, can he be less turnover prone? It's going to be fun to watch. So many things to look forward to, Jake. Um, it's just this year. So uh, we we should probably wrap up the show. Is, is there any, any any other Titans you want to mention? Any guys we didn't mention that you feel could you know cats have pulled up the up the list, or guys you want to watch, guys you're excited about? Any any old favorites that you know, like the David and Jokus of the world, that were that are now so far down on the list that don't even get drafted in some dynasty startups um, that you want to mention? Or um, there's one guy I want to mention in particular, but just to go off bounce off of what I just said, I do think that David and Joku and even OJ Howard should be remembered in the back of your minds. They were coming from like what we thought was going to be an elite tight end class. That first round of rookies, the three guys, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, and Njoku. They haven't showed much yet. Uh, but I like, I just, I don't think they're just, I keep using the term and I feel like I should stop. I don't think they're dead. Like, I don't think they're uh, fantasy duds anyways. Um, they have tight ends typically take a while. Like Robert Tanya and Logan Thomas. Um, I feel like the list goes on and on and on when it comes to tight ends. They just, they end, they, become relevant later than majority of positions. So I don't think, I think if you have deep rosters, those are good dart throws to keep at the end, especially in like tight end premium, two tight end leagues. Um, One guy I really want to mention though, who has not been around the block or anything like that. He is a rookie, um, Jacob Harris for the LA Rams, similar to Juwan Johnson for the saints. He is transitioning from wide receiver to tight end. He's a 200, he's 220 pounds. um, Some, some sites that you're playing on might still have him as a wide receiver. Um, probably switch from those sites because he is a tight end. He did make the Rams as a tight end. Um, I think that has value in itself that he's been marked as a tight end. They're using him as such. Um, and also similar to Kyle Pitts, I think 
given his weight, I don't think he's going to be necessarily used as a traditional tight end, but I think he's going to be used more as a weapon. Um, and this guy is just an athletic freak. Like he is 99th percentile um, 40 yard dash uh, 99th percentile burst, 100th percentile agility, 99th percentile catch radius. So as, if he can see the field, I think there's a decent shot that he can like show like just how much of a freak of nature he is. Um, I don't think Higby is too much of a threat. And even after Cup and Woods, there's not too much guys of consequences. So I think Harris could be a sneaky guy to climb quickly up ranks. Yeah, I, I like that name. I'm, I'm looking up a draft that I was in the, the last place I, I got Jacob Harris and where I had to take him. It was pretty late. Yeah, the 312 is where I got got him. And maybe I even reached a little bit. Maybe I could have waited a little bit later, but I wanted to get him. Um, and he's one of those guys, Jake, I think you might have to be patient about. I mean, I mean, he could certainly make a difference this year, but I kind of get the impression that you're going to have to let him percolate for a year or two. So hopefully it's a deep dentist to your roster. But yeah, I love the name because he, he is... Um, you know, uber talented and athletic. And I, I think that Sean McVay could utilize him effectively and, and make him interesting. So it's, it's going to, he's a fun guy to watch. And, and, you know, right now, super cheap, obviously another guy you can get for, for very little, if you're interested. So good name. Yeah. To I love this. There. I love this rookie tight end class. Like I obviously pitched fire moves and I put Hunter long in there. I got three I mentioned Harris. I think Tommy tremble is a guy to meant to keep in mind. Brevin Jordan, I think has, Sneaky potential. He was a much higher ranked pre-draft, but Houston's pretty wide open to only 21 years old. So like super young. Kylan Granson's getting lots of hype. Yeah. Kylan Granson. I wanted to mention. Yeah. You know, Noah Gray, you know, in in Kansas city, there's been some good positive news about him. So a lot of interesting names, you know, like deep stashes. So many of those guys are just so cheap or almost free, you know, fourth round, fourth round rookie picks or something like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Those guys these names so one week we're almost there almost there all right two minute warning jake any final words any final thoughts oh man um again i wanted to mention our patreon we have two dollars and four dollar options we have a group me for questions we have rankings we have an extra patreon show which is fantastic uh just absolute bang for your buck there so if you're not a patreon member join um two minute warning I'm just excited for football, man. Like, let's, let's get it going. That's all, that's all I got. Like, I just can't, like, can't wait for this week to fly by. The first week is going to be like crazy because teams have so much more time to prepare for week one than like any other week, like other than, or even the Super Bowl, you have more time to prepare for week one. So I feel like it's going to get uh, interesting scheme wise, maybe some, like trick plays, like who the, who the hell knows? I'm just, uh, I'm pumped to get it going. Yeah, I, I am am so pumped as well. It's it's going to be fun. I'm not sure even what we're going to talk about next week. I think next week, Jake, we're going to transition to our normal season schedule where we put the show out on Wednesdays. So we'll probably do our normal format where we'll look back at um, moments and letdowns of the week. Um, we'll you know, probably get some bold spicy takes in season. So just you know, more of a casual show. We'll talk a lot about dynasty. We'll have overreaction week after week one, like who, who to acquire, who not to overreact on. So it's, it's going to be a fun year. We're looking forward to it. We're almost there. So I think next week we'll transition to that Wednesday release show. So maybe maybe we'll look at the 
do our predictions for the season. We'll look at divisions, Jake, and we'll, we'll give some predictions, maybe add some dynasty context to that. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Thursday, September 9th, start with Cowboys Buccaneers, man. That's, that's a fun one. It's going to be fun. How, how does Dak look? Uh, how does Brady look oh, yeah. in that offense now that he's, you know, had a year of getting comfortable with it. It's man. It's going to be fun. That'll be a great matchup. Busy week in fantasy, getting your teams like ready, getting your depth ready. Like just, uh, it's going to be lots of trades. So they'll start sit questions getting, getting in there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, you might, you might to join our Patreon. Right. You might be like me and have a couple of redraft leagues or it's not too late to do some, some best balls for the season. Jake, if you're not in any drafts, man, it's this weekend. You do some best balls. So, all right. Anyway, with that, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. You can find Jake at Takes with Jake on Twitter. Uh, I am at Roto Librarian, and the missing Will Greenwood is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. You can support us on Patreon. It's great. It's growing. Please join us there in, uh, in the Patreon community. That's patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Jake Patterson, I am Ryan Libergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Get yourself some Quadre Allison. You don't really have to. I don't know if I want to get Quadre Allison now. I'm starting to fade on that. <laughs> Just drop that in the, like, the final point. Oh, you know what? I changed my mind. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't. Maybe not. Maybe not. Get yourself some Xavier Jones. Wait, wait. Don't get yourself some Xavier Jones. Yeah, he's, he's gone. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Got a Travis Fulgham or Josh Brown. John Brown. Josh Brown. What am I doing today? Uh. <laughs> End the show. End the show.